Welcome to HubShots episode 113. HubShots is Asia Pacific's number one HubSpot focused podcast where we discuss HubSpot tips, tricks, new features and strategies for growing your marketing results. We hope you enjoy the podcast as much as HubSpot CEO Brian Halligan does. Thanks for creating this podcast. It's awesome. I listen to it on the weekends and I really enjoy it. In this episode, we have a ton of HubSpot tips and gotchas to chat through. That's a very cool Excel trick. My name is Ian Jacob from Search and Be Found, and with me is Craig Bailey from Zen Systems. How are you, Craig? I'm really well, and feeling great after those crepes we just had. I know, fantastic, isn't it? <laughs> We're coming to you from the HubShots Sound Studio in Piermont. We've just been putting up the acoustic baffling, and hopefully the quality is a lot better in this episode. And so, great sound and a great dessert we had tonight. So We should post a picture of this very cool new studio we're in, Craig. We should, but lots to get through on the show tonight. So, our inbound thought of the week, let's get on with it. Well, again, let's start. We've How many days to go to inbound, Craig? Well, you know, I was checking out inboundcountdown.com and as we record this, which is on Thursday, the 15th of February, there are 201 days to go until Ooh, inbound 2018. going under the 200 mark. That's exciting. Now, you have an inbound prediction, Craig, about would, inbound rocks, which yes. is the fun part of inbound. Yeah. And when we say predictions, it means what I want. Okay. So I'm predicting right, Chris Rock. How uh, good would that be? I know. It'd be good because we were watching his uh, new Netflix stand-up special last ah. night. Yeah. He's still got it. Love Chris Rock. Gee, would be good. So if anyone in HubSpot events is listening to this, please listen to us. <laughs> yeah. Well, the guys on HubShots want it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. And also the site's been updated. So if you go to inbound.com, the site's been updated. The basic agenda for 2018 is there, which is pretty similar to most years, but it's good. We're starting to see some progress. They made some changes. It's looking nice. So well done to the guys. Yeah, look, there. the site's coming along. Still lots of 2017 stuff yes. there. I guess it's early in the year, right? So I can't hold it. But I'm just like, oh, I want more. I want more. I want to see what's happening. But anyway, be patient. And we want to send a shout out to Justin, right? Yeah, Justin Thing. Caught up with him today for lunch and, he, yeah, showing us around the local area. Great lunch. So, yeah, tons of good ideas. Jesus, my guy. <laughs> and also, thank you to Paul. Now, Paul is a loyal listener and he alerted us to a problem on our Facebook group, but uh, we've had that updated. So, Paul, welcome and we look forward to seeing you soon. Yeah, and thanks for doing that. He actually <laughs> made the effort to contact us and tell us we've got this problem. So, really appreciate that. Thanks, Paul. Now, Craig, on to some HubSpot analytics, visitors versus sessions. Okay, I just wanted to highlight this to listeners. You may already be aware of this. You should have seen this as a notification. But remember, in fact, we talked about this way back in episode 92 because HubSpot flagged this was coming probably in the middle of last year, this whole idea of moving from understanding the difference between visits versus sessions And then in November, when they started rolling out the new analytics reports, they were pushing towards sessions. And now the latest update, this rollout is almost complete. So you're even seeing on the marketing widgets, like on your dashboard, they're now favoring sessions. Now, there is a difference between visits and sessions, and we've been through that previously. We've just got links in the show notes, so we won't go through it now. However, here's the thing. They are different. And what's important is that these are changes to the API and HubSpot as well. So if you're using third-party tools, Databox is an example to do reporting. Your dashboards, you might have had a label that said visits. Yes. It'll actually be reporting sessions because HubSpot's endpoint is now pointing to the sessions data. And so Databox will pull that in and show sessions in the report. So just something to be aware of because you might see fluctuations and go, hang on, that's different to last month. 
actually it's reporting something different to last That's month. right. So I think the tip out of that is to go and check what is happening and change it, your text field so it reflects what's happening. All right, Craig, on to our marketing feature of the week. This is customizing lead flow form fields and blocking specific email domains. Now, why I love this update, we love lead flows, right? Was I'd often, when we lead flows came out, I'd try, I want to put the persona input in to find out, you know, what best describes that person. And you could never change. It'd say persona <laughs> and you don't have to go delete. Well, now you can add it and you can actually name that field appropriately and even put some help text with it, which is fantastic. Yeah, very, very glad to see this because I've had that exact same issue as you. And I know a lot of people have, they can't change the labels on the fields. Just to clarify for listeners, if you're using HubSpot Marketing Free, I don't think it actually gives you the option to put on uh, additional fields. You only get a few to choose from. But if you've got the paid version, then in lead flows, you can put any field into your lead flows. And this is a perfect example of an update that gives you a lot more flexibility about customizing the experience that visitors get. And the next update is you can block free email providers, so things like Gmail and Hotmail. And also you can block particular domains, which I thought was interesting. You know, you might not maybe want your competitors to (laughs) fill out a lead flow perhaps. Yeah, I think that's, you know, that's less useful, I have to say, because would you ever sign up on a competitor site with your own company's email? No, you'd choose a Gmail address or something like that. So, yeah. But look, I think there are use cases for that. So why not? Yeah. And look, the use cases in here is interesting. We have a customer who is in IT. And while I was sitting there with him the other day and we were doing a review, someone actually inquired and it came in from a Gmail. I said, why are people emailing you from the Gmail? They go, well, they don't want their IT provider to know that they're out there trying to find a new one. So they actually use their own personal email to contact other IT providers. So it can't be traced yeah and that's actually we've talked about this many times on the show yeah we always accept gmail you know some people will automatically think oh gmail low value contacts i actually think they're high value because they might be that intent exactly Exactly. what you're saying they're looking to switch all right craig on to our hubspot gotcha of the week so this is a duplicate contact field names like first name last name and this happens because of collected form fields Yes. So let me explain what collected form fields are. If you've just got HubSpot forms on your site, you'll never need this. But occasionally you'll have scenarios where you might have a a website that's got maybe HubSpot forms, maybe it's got a WordPress form or it's a custom CMS. Yes. So we've actually got this with one of our clients where we've got HubSpot forms on most of the site, but they've got a particularly complex inquiry form with calculated fields and all of that. And so it's in a a legacy CMS that they've got there because we can't duplicate it in HubSpot. So on that, we have actually enabled collected forms because we still want that form submit to put data into HubSpot. Now, the problem is that form has fields like first name, last name, and email. And the collected fields functionality in HubSpot, which is just a JavaScript listener there listening for form submits, it can't quite tell that the first name actually is definitely the first name to map it through to the the normal contact fields. So it creates duplicate fields called first name, called last name, called email. Now, you might think, why is that a problem? Well, it's a problem because when you go to create, say, smart uh, lists, you go, oh, I want a smart list based on email equals such and such or contains such and such or first name has this or first name is known, things like that. And so you'll get, and we've got screenshots this where you kind of say, oh, well, I'll choose first name. Oh, hang on. Which one is it? There's multiple first names. Which ones do I choose? And in fact, when you're creating a smart list, there's no way to work out which one is the is correct the one. correct one, yeah. Another example of where this might be the case is workflow triggers. 
or perhaps workflow settings, setting a contact field on a workflow. It's actually okay, and this is a bit of the workaround. In a workflow, if you hover over that, say an entry criteria, if you hover over, you can just see right down in the bottom left of you know, your Where status it bar. The and link, the, right? It'll actually show yeah. you the link. You can say, oh, that's the, you can kind of tell the field yes. if you look at the URL. And so I was like, what do we do for smart lists? Anyway, I contacted HubSpot support and Casper from HubSpot support called me back within minutes. By the way, love HubSpot support. I've always said that, right? Put in the support ticket, called me, and he said, yeah, you know, this is a tricky one. But the way we're going to get a workaround, we're actually going to create a workflow that syncs both of them. So it doesn't matter which first name you use, they'll both be the same. So you create a workflow and it says, if this first name is not known or is unknown, and this first name, the second one, is known, we'll copy it over so that they're both the same. And do that for last name and do it for email as well. So you only have to set that up once it's a bit tricky to set it up and of course you actually do have to do the hover when you're over so when you're setting doing the workflow to set it because that's part of the trick but i think this is really useful and thanks casper hubspot support for alerting me to that workaround because now it doesn't matter when you create a smart list i choose either first name doesn't matter they're both going to be the same because they're synced together so it'll always work so that's a gotcha and that's a workaround for you and i know there'll be at least one listener that goes i've had this problem thank you so Anyway, lots of screenshots in the show notes as well to guide you through that. All right, Craig, on to our marketing tip of the week. And this is a handy tip for cleaning up lists of URLs and to remove duplicates. So this is a good thing, which you discovered, where there's actually a remove duplicates button in Excel. Okay, so I saw this the other day. So tell me, give us some context. What were you doing with URLs? Okay, I'd actually exported out a whole bunch of data from analytics and it was all URLs and I was trying to consolidate to get a unique list of URLs. I was munging it with some other stuff from Ahrefs and all this kind of stuff that you do um, to do analysis, right? Content coverage and us. And um, I was like, oh, I've got all this. So, you know, my previous go-to was I'll create a pivot table and then, you know, do a unique pivot table on it to get it. And then... (laughs) I was actually at a client site showing them how to do this, right? Here's my tip, folks, you know, try this. And one of the people said, hang on, what's that remove duplicates in the toolbar? And I was like, <laughs> what? And anyway, then I was saying it can't have been there all along. It has, it's been there for ages. So there you go, staring me in the face. I never noticed it. And perhaps if I haven't noticed it, other people haven't noticed it. Remove duplicates in the Excel data toolbar. It's great time-saving feature. Love it. Marketers everywhere will love it. All right. Now, on to our opinion of the week, Craig. And this is an article that I found that was on Car Advice. So it's an Australian site. I read this every day. It says, Holden Online Retail is moving towards buying cars online. And what they're talking about, haggling and all sorts of things. So I'm going to read you some things. It says, Research suggests car buyers will increasingly willing to forego the money-saving dealership haggle in return for a heightened convenience of buying online, says Holden. So what I wanted to highlight here is what we see is that people are looking for convenience over dollars, right? More than ever, consumers are looking to get to transact in a better and faster way. And it means that salespeople have a different role to play in this whole process of this transaction that takes place. And I think they're actually more likely to be brand ambassadors or enthusiasts when it comes to this process of sales. And I think Tesla does this. I've experienced this a few times with Tesla, and I think they do it really well because they don't hire salespeople. They actually hire enthusiasts that are actually enthusiastic about their brand. 
I'm going to highlight two things that came out of this piece of content. It says modeling suggested that 30% of consumers are already willing to buy a car online. I thought that was really interesting, particularly among younger demographics. And this is proportion will only grow as time goes on. And the research would say people are prepared to pay a no haggle price in return for convenience. And this was from Mark Bernard, who's the Holden Managing Director and Chairman. I think this is a really clear indicator of all of these industries that we operate in, how they're changing and how they've been disrupted by the changing habit of buyers and the information they have at their fingertips, so to speak. So my opinion is I think if you're marketing for these brands or you're marketing in these niche segments, are you aware of what's going on and how things are changing? I think that's exactly right. And I'll just add one other comment to that, which is really, if you look at the buyer journey, there's these pieces along the way and a dealership where you have to walk into the showroom and is, is one of them. And you've got to say, if you're not adding value, then there's a target on your back. You will just be removed. And that's the exactly. disruption you're talking about. Yeah. So if you are a piece of the journey, make sure you're adding value, not a hurdle. Exactly. All right, Craig, on to our app of the week. And this week it's Apple Maps. Now I'll tell you why. I have been using Apple Maps, sorry, Apple CarPlay, which doesn't allow you to use Google Maps, but you could only use Apple Maps. I was going to say, why are you using Apple Maps? But thank you, you've answered the question. That's right. So this is one of the, let me say, the niceties of having Apple CarPlay. And what I actually discovered, it was I was trying to find businesses that would drive into customers and so on. And I thought, oh, it'll be easy. I'll just find that. You know what? 90% of the time I could not find the business or the business was in the wrong place because the address, they had moved offices and the address is old. And it became really apparent to me that Google obviously has a lot of people that keep maps up to date and they have local guides and so on that keep things up to date. Apple, on the other hand, I don't know what they do. I put some instructions in there of where, if you, especially if it's your business, go in and check that the address is correct and there's not a wrong address because more and more as Apple... The take-up of Apple CarPlay happens across automotive, as most of the big groups have it. That's what people will, by default, use when they're in their cars. And you don't want to miss out not being found. I think that's really good advice because people don't typically, well, they don't know how to update it, like they might know how to update Google My Business. So that's really useful. But I feel this is just a personal observation. I feel that Apple and Google, they're always one-upping each other. And I feel maybe nine to 12 months ago, they kind of got even again because Apple had kind of caught up to Google. But now Google is far away ahead of the game. Again, it's really quite stark when you see it. You kind of go, oh, I'm never going to use Apple Maps. And it's incredible because the Apple Maps usage is really high because basically most people (laughs) on iPhones, it's their default unless unless they know better. And perhaps it's country specific as well. I don't know if it's better mm. in the US, but quite possibly. We should try it out in the US. Yeah, but in Sydney, it's wow. Anyway, yeah. there's a link. So the link is mapsconnect.apple.com, and you need an Apple ID to actually access that. And then you can manage your business address in that. So I encourage you to go do that. All right, Craig, on to our resource of the week. And this is the latest HubSpot research on global content trends. Tell me more. Well, HubSpot is great at putting out this research. It's based on surveys of consumers. I think this was mostly US consumers, a couple of thousand in these. So it statistically uh, has a confidence value. But just looking at trends, and uh, we're just going to flag it this week. And we've put one screenshot in there, which is around what kind of 
formats people like to see in online advertising. Image-based wins, by the way, over video or text-based. But here's a link to go and look through, uh, and we'll be talking more about these in upcoming shows because there's some interesting trends coming out. You know what surprised me is in the video-based ad how Latin America had such a big yeah. variance. And, and if you look through the research, Latin America is very big on video across a whole bunch of different areas, actually. Yeah, wow. Yeah. Really stands out compared to everything else. Well, you know, I'd love to know some of the other data around it because yeah. I would like to know what percentage is Latin America, and they, I think they do the breakdown, but is it a certain kind of person yes. that actually has access to answering these kind of surveys and therefore is perhaps, you know... I, I think there's some potentially some other criteria related, but I think yeah. overall the trends are interesting. Yeah, so uh, from what I can tell on this graph, it says based on 3,010 consumers in the US, Germany, Colombia, and Mexico, and it was from the Content Trends Survey in Q3 of 2017. So, yeah, have a look. There's a lot in there, and we'll put a link to it. So have a look, and we'll be talking a bit about it over the coming weeks. All right, on to our quote of the week, Craig. This is from... Seth Godin. Your mate. <laughs> and he, he titled this, Worth a Special Trip. Now that more and more is ordered online or experienced online, the only trips we take are special trips. If your offering, your service, or your place isn't worth a special trip, it's likely we won't be coming anytime soon. I thought it was pretty pointed. Yeah, and uh, the kind of thing that you hear and go, yeah, that's kind of obvious. Now yes. That, now that exactly. you've said it, and it is, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, have a ponder upon that. Now we are at the end of the show. There are some bonus links at the end. So when you're at your desk, go check it out. And we'd love you guys to leave us a review on iTunes and leave us some feedback because, like Craig said last week, we would love some feedback, good, bad, or indifferent. And we love hearing from people that listen to us. And it really does make our day when we hear from you guys. So, Craig, until next time. Catch you later, Ian. Hey there, thanks for listening to this episode of Hubshots. For show notes and the latest HubSpot news and tips, please visit us at hubshots.com.